Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into a movement. Hello and welcome everybody out there in listener land. Uh, today's Making Magic podcast is a little bit different. We have a special guest and we're going to be rifting on and about the biggest booby trap on the internet. Perhaps it's a booby trap that you're currently caught in, stuck in, or trying to get out of. I know there's more and more people that are trying to evacuate this booby trap and find a new and better path to move forward with building their business and living their lifestyle. And so I have no doubt if you've been trying to figure out a way or a reason to escape social media, to get off Facebook, to stop your Instagramming, to eliminate the need to tweet, all of these things. That is the purpose of today's conversation. I left social media roughly five years ago. Life has never been better. Business has grown every single year since leaving, and I haven't needed to post. I haven't needed to tweet. I haven't needed to Facebook. I haven't needed to like, comment, share, subscribe, or do any of those things to keep the business growing. Instead, I focused on relationships, like the relationship I'm about to introduce you to today with Chayla Davison from chayladavison.com. You can check her out there. There'll be uh, notes to her website. And what she does is help you to follow your soul's calling and make a meaningful impact in your life, in your business, in your creative endeavors, and so learn more about her at C-H-E-L-A-D-A-V-I-S-O-N.com. And Chela recently also evacuated social media. So Chela, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. A fellow Canadian, I'm happy to have you here as well. It's, yeah, we're just like island dwellers across the pond of the Pacific here. It's awesome. Exactly. Just a wee pond with a little <laughs> bit of salt in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad to be having this conversation. Um, I did an interview with Tad Hargrave, which I know you checked out, where he was interviewed me about uh, just my journey of leaving social media and how we focused on growing magic media ever since then. And I know you made that transition recently. And I would love to just talk about... Um, the leading up to leaving, how long did you think about leaving? What was it about social media uh, that you no longer resonated with? And what's the transition period been like? So I know that's like three questions in one. So let's just talk, let's go way back to the, okay. how long were you thinking about it for? How long was I thinking about it? I mean, really seriously thinking about it, it probably only took about two months before I really, like once I got the hit like, Ooh, this is the right thing to do. And I feel really scared. It was yeah. about two months of, of digesting. Yeah. But honestly, it's been years of, of bouncing in and out yeah. of taking intentional breaks where I would unplug for a period of time of reimagining and revisiting my relationship with it and how I was using it. So I would say for years, I've had a contentious relationship with social media and one that, um, I wouldn't actually say that I had an unhealthy or toxic relationship, which I think a lot of people do. Yeah. And I feel like that's maybe an important thing to bring forward because people who've even responded to me leaving have gone like, oh, it must have been really unhealthy or really bad, or I'm really suffering with social media. So I can see why you, and I, and I wasn't really, it was like yeah. low grade suffering, but enough that I was just in a deep self-inquiry around yeah does this give more than it actually takes of my life force? Yeah. And for you, like what were the parts of social media that just felt out of alignment with how you wanted to live or run your business? Oh yeah. Well, I appreciate business wise. Cause there's, there's, you know, the personal reasons for leaving and then the professional reasons for leaving. And one of the big things that I found is for business, depending on what your approach is, right? I know a lot of different businesses have different approaches and you've got some big businesses where the people at the top don't even see or do anything. You know, they've got people yeah. who just totally run the show. But for me, it's a small business and I have relationships and cultivate relationships. So I'm on there as me. Yeah. And 
I found that the simply from a posting and generating content perspective, there it, it just felt like this machine that I had to feed. Yeah. And a lot of my creativity and life force was going into it. And then at the end of the day, well, that did it did create connections and it did create visibility and it did bring people, it did a lot of the good things that it said to do. But there were these other aspects of my business and relationship and creativity and the impact that I really wanted to have that existed at a deeper level, a deeper level of my own self-expression, but also at a deeper level of actual influence and impact that it just felt like what I'm churning are like these fast, undigestible mind snacks. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way about receiving it. So it was both just being in that territory. It's, I don't see it as actually digestible for our nervous systems for our psyches. Yeah. And it just felt like, I just felt like I was on a ride that I didn't want to be on and wasn't nourished by. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that kind of feel like that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah, and I've had, honestly, I've had a lot of people reach out both in my transition, in my announcing and since um, clients who, I mean, for years I've worked with, I work with a lot of um, social entrepreneurs a lot of people whose entire businesses operate online yeah. and the churn and the, the feed the machine is something that a lot of people say. And I know some people whose their actual working hours, the amount that they spend on creating content for social media on like all the things you said that you don't have to do responding, um, playing all the games, engaging the advertising, the amount of money that they put into it ends up being a really significant part of their business. Yeah. Even more so than these other pieces of cultivating connection and really getting to the bone of what it is that they're here to do. It's like, it's like getting caught in a ride. Yeah. It's not actually giving what it promises. And I think that's one of the big things that I started to feel is there's some idea and, and it's perpetuated by how people talk about that you have to be there. And if you want a book deal or you want a successful business or you want all these things that first you need some major platform with all these followers. And I just, I think it's a, a racket. It is. Yeah. And the racket is made by online marketers trying to get you to become an online marketer. marketer. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then you watch that loop, right? These layers of marketing, selling marketing. And I'm like, I've worked with enough entrepreneurs to know how much is under the surface in terms of yeah. suffering within that game. Absolutely. It's, yeah. you know, it's a hustle and it doesn't have to be a hustle. Life doesn't have to be a hustle. The way we do business doesn't have to be a hustle. I hustled for, I mean, I'm 18 years in a full-time entrepreneurship and I know the hustle. I know the grind. I know the, you know, just scraping by month to month. And it's, it's really hard, especially when you're, you know, in that social media loop of constant content creation, which really doesn't lead to results. And I heard from you in the conversation we had before the show here was like, you just wanted to go deeper in what you were creating and what you were able to offer than the surface stuff that tends to get put out on social media. Yeah. You want to talk more about um, just the depth that you were yearning for inside of your life and your work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's in a lot of ways, in terms of how I work with clients and doing, I do a lot of depth one-on-one -on -one work and group work. And so in that way, I feel really satisfied, but where, what I've been really been yearning for is more creatively yeah. to be writing in deeper ways to even like deepen and work with my, my body of work and, and do that in a way that I can actually go away for periods of time and incubate. Like I heard about there's this woman, a friend of mine, some colleagues in a call recently was talking about Cynthia Bourgeau, who's, um, I, I, I'm going to totally butcher what it is that she does, but she, she works in, in like Christian mysticism and is an author and a real um, crone and leader in her own right in industry. And I heard recently that she like six months of the year, you just can't get a hold of this woman. And it I went that, that's what I want is, is, more so the depth of work to create, but also depth in my um, relationship to time. Yeah. So it's not just what I'm creating as a business person on, um, on Instagram or Facebook or wherever I may be, but there's something that happens in the relationship to time when continually plugged in. And it's yeah. not just social media. It's like all these different uh, digital relationships, my email, you know, I'm, I really love Cal Newport's work 
in actually digging into what does it take to be in, in deep work states? Yeah. It's actually a state of being to drop into. And every time we task switch and every time we move our attention somewhere, we actually pop out of that state and it gets harder and harder to cultivate these deeper creative mm-hmm. systems. And I want that. I want that in my creativity. I want that in my presence with my children. Like yeah. I'm not scrolling on social media when I'm with my kids and I wasn't or rarely would be, which I know actually isn't the case for more, most people. Yeah, totally. But even the the way that it starts to take up attention in the psyche, yeah. the way I'd notice I'm walking in the forest with my dog and I'm crafting Instagram captions and it just made me feel sick, yeah. honestly, to watch the way that my psyche had been co-opted and it just, yeah. So that's the depth. It's like, yeah. I actually want to be free of what's at me. Yes. I, that, that's exactly what happened to me five years ago, right, right around the time we had my son is I was up on a mountain watching this incredible sunset. And instead of just taking it in, I was crafting my post on how I was going to describe it. And I was like, the hell with this. Like my mind has been completely hijacked. I'm not thinking my own thoughts for myself anymore. I'm thinking in a way that is trying to impress upon the world that I am important and special and I'm living my life fully. Whereas like, really, I was fully out of the present moment. And I was like, this is I'm done. And I went and I made my I made the announcement the next day that I was thinking about it. And that I was I was just done. And so I collected all the contacts of the people I wanted to stay in touch with and press the deactivate delete account. And, and uh, I, I, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. I, I guess my question for you is like, what was, you can comment on what I said, but what was the fear that came up around leaving? Um, you know, I didn't have a, a ton of fear. Some of it, I guess, would be around, around relevance. Yeah. Um, you know, I had some plans in terms of contacts and what I pursue next in, and marketing plan. And a lot of people who've, you know, got big established platforms have reached out and been like, but what about marketing? And it's like, you know what? I actually, I need enough deep space work to rest in what, how ultimately do I want to live my life and live my yeah. business? And um, and there are ways to, to find, find that, you know, some of the fears that have actually come up since leaving. And I remember you talking about this in that interview around loneliness and around, um, the ways that you had to, uh, really reach out to people. And, yeah. and, and I haven't quite felt that so much. It's been only a short period of time. And so I've been cultivating the relationships that are close in my life. And, um, I did have a lot of, you know, contacts that I took with me and I'm, I'm still kind of finding my way with yeah. even just like, you know, now I've got all these messaging platforms, right? So they're, I'm like voxing people and, yeah. and signal with people and, and all of that. But the fears that um, kind of bubble up a little bit that I've noticed is a little bit of FOMO, yeah. not a lot. Then I remember actually what it was like being in there. Um, but it's more right. And it's like, oh, and gosh, I hear like, oh, five years ago you left. It's gotten really wild, wild west. That's what I hear. <laughs> like I'm even hearing things, you know, I left on May 31st and yep. it was my 40th birthday gift to myself. Nice. And so that's uh, May 31st, 2021. And in the past season since leaving, what I've just seen showing up in conventional media and within my fields of influence and social circles in people talking about where things are going with information, misinformation, um, people policing how each other are speaking. It's just like the way that you need to quote, be on the right side of history. Like there's some really um, volatile, Mm -hmm. uh, emotionally and psychologically violent ways that people are interacting with each other on these platforms Yeah, um, that are really, really contributing to mental health challenges for a lot of people. So this yeah. isn't directly answering your question, but in a roundabout way, yeah. some of the things that I didn't anticipate that I would fear is not actually being on the cultural pulse right. of what's happening in a meta way. Like yeah. Even if it's like toxic going like, oh, look at these toxic trends that are occurring is like just being aware of what those are. So there's a little yeah. bit of like, I'm now in this, you can't touch me bubble. Isn't it but weird? I also don't know what's touching other people. Yeah. So it's a little, um, and I think you may have said this and, and I don't know if it's fear, maybe 
something around relevance. It's yeah. like, it's, it's around, you know, even the other day, as I was sharing some of the, my, um, the book pieces that I'm working on and interested in. And, and, uh, a friend of mine was like, well, you gotta be on social media for that. And I was just the reaction that, that flooded through me. I was just pissed. First of all, it was like untrue. Yeah. Um, really untrue. I agree. Untrue. And, and I also understand that in the major publishing game, metrics on social media is what's looked at. But I think this is part of the capitalist trap that we end up in, especially as small business owners, is we hear all these different loops that we need to jump through, hoops that we yeah. need, hoops, loops, whatever, round things that we need to jump through, bars that we need to get over, metrics that we need to have that are positioned by um, people who hold keys to opportunities and to relevance. And then we start to collapse those games with our actual relevance and contribution and value as human beings and as oh. people who contribute. Yeah. And so I'd love, can I ask you a question sure. on this being free for five yeah. years? Because I think relevance, value, audience, relationships, like those are a lot of things that we're told we get by being on social media. And so as somebody who's actually been free for a long time, whose business is like all these things you said at the beginning, business has grown, relationships have grown. What is it like for you now after this time? Like what has been reinforced and what have you gotten that you wouldn't have gotten if you'd stayed? Uh, the, the importance of one-to-one -one relationships, you know, like what we're doing today um, that hopefully doesn't just end with a one-off conversation that has follow-up and we can go deeper and like, okay, what do you need to be supported in the work that you're doing? And where do we have alignment and synergy? Um, it's, it's a lost art. You remember the olden days when if you wanted to talk to somebody, you'd pick up the phone and you would call them out of the blue. And I do that all the time. <laughs> I call people all the time out of the blue. I don't make appointments. If I'm thinking of somebody, I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call them and I'm going to check in and people get really delighted by that. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the other piece is how reconfiguring our business model so that no longer are, do we need 10,000 followers and 10,000 people on our email list to have a successful business that can make six to seven figures that, you know, with a few thousand people on your email list and no followers on Facebook, can you have a multiple six figure business? And the answer is yes, fuck yes, you can. The, you know, if you have three raving fans who are in alignment with your business model, who are colleagues of yours that are willing to help promote, that are willing to interview, you can get introduced to other people's audiences where you have contributing pieces of perspective and, and lessons that you can contribute to that audience and you can reciprocate with other people. You know, it's like back in the Jeff Walker days, which I I'm sure he's still doing his thing. You know, they had like their inner circle where it was just a big, like peer orgy of promoting each other's launches. And you would see the exact same formula for all of their launches. The bro and, circle jerk. I've heard it called. And the, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, we can all do that as well in our own way. And it doesn't have to be sleazy and it does work. And so I think it's, it's rethinking business from a perspective of rather than having followers, we're seeking out meaningful longer term relationships. And I mean, I'm doing this in my own personal life as well. As the world is getting crazier and crazier right now, I'm seeking like, where are my people? Where are my real people that we can stand strong and grow together and rise together through this so that we're better on the other side of whatever challenges come up next. And so I think people need to like come back to the village mind mm -hmm. that we don't have to like push forward on our own, that we can do this together. And it's about finding the peers and the people that you do have things in common with shared values, shared interests, shared audience types, all that sort of stuff. And it doesn't matter if you have 5,000 people or 500 people or 50 people on your email list. If you honestly have a gift that can be contributed to another person's audience, it should not matter the size of your list. It's the quality of what it is that you're bringing to that group of people. And to me, like that is the value and the reciprocity. And even if a podcast only has 50 listens on it, if you show up and you share authentically, 
out of the 50 people listening, you might end up getting 20 of those people that convert to clients of yours. You know, we don't need, you know, uh, an entrepreneur on fire. We have a million downloads, all that sort of stuff. Like it doesn't matter. You know, I, I think this is a really important point, whether we're talking about social media or not even, and I appreciate actually, I think part of what would inform your view is not only you being gone for five years, but like you just said, you, you've also been doing this for 18 and yeah. that I believe is pre-social media. I've also been like, I started my first business when I was 19 in 2000 and yeah. we didn't even have a website. And when we got a website, it was like, people didn't even go there. It was just word of mouth and people showed up. It was brick and mortar. So a bit yeah. different, you know, when you have a brick and mortar, you're more actually focused on the community that's right here and, yeah. and the customers who are going to be showing up in person. But I think this, there's a weird kind of uh, idea virus that has infected the online, um, what you need to do. And I mean, we see it all the time in whatever the new trend is, yeah. right? There's the new trend. There's, I, this was the problem I had. And then I did this thing and then I solved that problem. And now you just do what I do. And then you're going to have the success I have. And now here's my formula. And that formula of uh, espousing the new thing is all over the place in online business. Yeah. Part of what gets espoused a lot is this piece around uh, volume and scaling. And so yeah. if you just have the, the enough volume, then it will convert in this way. And then you're going to make all this money. And even the like six, seven figures, I mean, great. Who doesn't want to make that? Yeah. But even, I think what I've seen a lot of is that people start to feel a, overwhelmed about where to even start or where yeah. to focus attention and energy and, and don't have the time space, and honestly, even the resources, because most people are in survival mode and need to make really fast yeah. to be able to sit and go, what are the deeper notes of what I long for in my life? What do I actually need? What do I actually want? What do I want it to feel like? Yeah. And what are the approaches that are going to work for me? Yeah. And instead go, you know, I've had people reach out and go, well, yeah, but you have an established business, so you can leave you know, if I'm just starting, I have to be on social media. And my response to that is like, if you're not called to being on social media and you're just starting your business, don't, and you don't want to be there. Some people honestly want to be there. I'm not yeah. actually anti-social media. Totally. For the folks that love it, it's working for them. It feels like a self-expression. It's a great creative place to be. You love your connections. You do you for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But if it sucks your soul. And it feels like it's sucking your creativity and you feel scared to express yourself and you are, don't feel like you're doing it right. Yeah. You're going to pour hours and hours and hours, not just of your time, but of your creative energy and have diminishing returns when there are other ways to do it. Definitely. But I think today we're so saturated with that Social media is the only way to do anything, whether it's yeah. business or connection or news um, sharing information that people can and should look for what are some other ways. And I think there are a lot of people who are just getting retro about it. It's like, yeah. PS, we used to run businesses and have relationships and connect with people and make money and share our value without using these platforms. Definitely. And, possible. and there are people like so you, possible. like me, like so many others that are, are longing for this. Yeah. And I would, I would suggest for people, like if you're not going to do social media, uh, a great place to start, which is where I started years ago when I was building my med meditation business was start local, you know, whether you're a business coach or a designer or some other type of coach, or you've got, I mean, any number of businesses grow it locally. Cause then you can walk up to somebody and say, Hey, this is the thing I do. Do you need this? And you can build a relationship with people and actually get together in person. Like, you know, everybody has the pipe dream of making six to seven figure income. It's all passive income, etc., so on and so forth. And those things are possible. I make a good deal of money, passive income from my meditation library that I built years and years ago. Every year that money just continues to grow and come in. That took two years. It took two years to teach 500 meditation workshops in person and retreats. And then it took two years of working my ass off to create a library of tracks that was world-class that could then be added to all these different apps and so on and so forth. So it really, you know, it took four to five years 
to get that passive income to where I wanted. Uh, you know, when I was definitely struggling trying everything in the book, when I first started launching those meditation programs, I got turned down by Mind Valley five times before they mm -hmm. finally said yes. And now I've been their number one author for six years straight. So it's, it's one of those things of like, we have to like find the way that works for us. And this day and age, when there's so much crap, quality is key. We have to do really, really good work. Our media needs to stand out. If we have if we have a company that is doing things on the internet, then we have a media company and therefore we need to be quality media creators. Uh, and the other piece is just like the quality of connections need to be really, really high. We need to have trust in the people we're promoting and vice versa for people to feel confident in sharing who we are and what we do with their audience, which they've worked hard to, to accumulate. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. You know, and I, I really want to underscore this point about about the difference in a quality relationship versus the quantity of, you know, like a lot of people look at followers and likes and, and, and sometimes again, I'll yeah. say sometimes those metrics really matter, but I yeah. think for listeners, it's like, you need to find, see what metrics do matter and why do they matter? Yes. So you're pouring a lot into any strategy, any marketing strategy, any relationship building strategy, any strategy to build your life's work yeah. is, is what are you checking against as you go to yeah. see if it's working? Yeah. And a lot of times people's metrics for what they're checking is off. They're yeah. checking for, am I doing enough? Do I have enough people who are following me? Well, yeah. are those people actually relationships that yeah. are they, are they converting? Are they people who are sharing your work? And yeah, I think, I think that's something that a lot of when you're, stressed when you're busy when you're trying to do all the tactics that people are are sharing out there as the ones that work and it's why I'm even hesitant when I'm like look if social media is working for you go ahead yeah. but if you're experiencing it like a noisy booby trap like that's the other thing that you got to think about like the number the amount of time you know when I first saw, saw people making reels and then it's like everybody's going you got to make reels got to make reels and then, and, I, and then I had, and I had a, a marketing gal, social media uh, woman working for me at the time. And she was like, I was like, all right, she so you got to try reels. And I was like, oh, fine. It's just got to be like in a way that I feel actually authentically expressed. Right. So then she sends me this thing on, you know, how to go about starting doing it. And she said, I recommend you set a time limit because you can really put a lot of time into it. And so, you know, just start with like a 30 minute time limit. And I was like, no, I am not spending 30 minutes of my time on something that is going to whiz by in somebody's feed. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. And, and that's because for me, I have no desire or interest to make that at all. Now, I've seen some people that that's like a real creative self-expression and have at her. But I think that we need to feel into and find out if the energy, the time, and the resources that go into the work that we're doing yeah. is actually yielding the results. And so we can go, well, social media, so many people can see it and it can go really far and it can scale and it can, and you can pour a lot of time and energy into something and it's gone in an instant Yeah, out of some, the amount that we're, we take in yeah. is not going to actually be digested by people. 100% agree. And I think people also need to get real with their own personal values. I mean, anybody who's watched The Social Dilemma and you see the way these engineers are programming these social media platforms, it's just downright evil. If that, I mean, it's the definition of evil. They are trying to mind control people so that you remain on their app, so that you purchase more junk that you don't need to try and fill a hole in your heart and your soul. And to me, that is the epitome of evil. And I think if people just were honest with themselves, they would probably agree that that's not okay. And if everybody said that was not okay, and they went to other platforms that may potentially align with their values, it would all change. But because, you know, it's people are just perpetually saying this is fine because it gives me this, because I have Messenger and I can stay in touch with my friends, I'm okay with this whole spy software that's like totally programming my mind 
and causing all sorts of chaos in the world. And to, to me, it's just like, we are all making choices that are, that are dictating the future of our planet. And to me, this is one of the things that needs some serious consideration because I don't think it's creating a future that's going to align with what everybody truly dreams and wants to have. No, no. And I, and I think it actually, you know, back to this point about you watching yourself out and, and watching yourself craft a post, um, the way that I was watching myself craft posts. Yeah. This is just one part of it, right? One part of the, the keep you on the app as much as possible, but actually reprogramming the way that we think. Yeah. And reprogramming the way that we think about each other, because some of the, the, um, when you start to actually research what some of the algorithms preference yeah. is we, I mean, we all know about the echo chambers and everybody talks about that, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh, why are my views being reinforced over and over again? But then the opposite is also true is you're likely to be fed content that is so opposed what you see because you're most likely to engage with that and then go yeah. start arguing with people on the internet. And so between both of these, we have more and more polarized views occurring yes. because all that's coming in is exactly my view and exactly not my view. So the us and theming that starts to occur and then diminishes empathy. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's this voyeuristic quality that's layered over top. So even when we go, well, I've got, yes, we have messenger and that can, aside from being spied on, apparently yeah. is private, right? But the yeah. commenting on each other's posts, um, sharing stuff and then having people comment on it. I think there are a lot of people who do, who are authentically sharing and updating. And I've seen yeah. some just really beautiful, authentic posts. Definitely. And there's always the additional layer that this is public. Mm -hmm. And so whatever we're sharing, there's another layer of performative, even when we're commenting, I'm commenting and responding to that. And then that's being seen. Yeah. And this is a, uh, it feels like a real, um, dangerous psychological experiment, even from, and, and part of it actually has to me, it started to feel like it had a high school quality to it. I don't yeah. know if you remember, but back in high school, I always felt like to a certain degree that I was being watched by my peers. Yeah. And I remember the freedom of graduating from high school and being in my twenties and, and dressing differently and speaking my mind more and pursuing what felt more natural and aligned with me. Like there was a different kind of self-expression that didn't yeah. feel like I had to conform to what was cool and acceptable and wouldn't get me bullied or would keep me in the cool crowd. Totally. And that phenomenon is occurring in the social media space, whether you are a business that you're not vocal enough about certain issues and that if you aren't vocal enough about certain issues, you're going to be called out about that. Or if you're vo vocal in the wrong way about certain issues, you're going to be called out about that. All of this has gotten far worse in the last five years. So I can only imagine. I've heard. I've heard <laughs> yeah, you've heard. Story. I'm sure you've heard. It's a war zone. Um, yeah. And, and seeing what happens in the comment threads, like I can even watch it and see people within this echo chamber bubble reinforcing views and there are scripts to them. Mm -hmm. so starting to see people express themselves within ideological scripts and talking points yeah. that are similar across ideologies and across perspectives. And that seems weird to me because it, it starts to actually not seem like there's not free thought or nuanced dialogue. It's, it's, there's like, okay, so how much of this is actually expressing and trying to bring a point and how much of this is performative such that we're actually saying the right thing so that people within our social and professional sphere um, know that we're being good yeah. and being right. It's not, not healthy. Same as like the loss of, of scientific debate that yeah. we're losing right now is like, because of these echo chambers and censorship and all the things, you know, we're losing the ability for like true scientific debate to take place, which is also troubling. You know, there's, and it, on the, the note of yeah. social media being like high school, yeah. I mean, it's no surprise because the age of social media is still a teenager. It's still in its teenage stage. So maybe as the social media space grows up and becomes an adult, maybe there will be better safe spaces where real conversation and the elimination of bullying can take place where people can be open to differing perspectives and we can actually engage in true debate and try to find common ground. And that's, that's my hope. I mean, I don't think social media has to be evil. I don't think it has to be 
a bad thing. I think it could be a beautiful thing. And I remember in the early, early days of social media, it was pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. But well, you know, I think, jaded it. I, yeah, it's I think it's become well, a couple things. One is, I mean, you already spoke to this, right? But the 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 corporate entities that are that are actually running it and driving it, right? So the yeah. primary driver, like a corporation's job is to take care of the corporation first and foremost and its shareholders. And so yeah. what th- these aren't open source platforms, these aren't um, neutral platforms. And, and so the, I mean, just what we've already talked about in terms of the level of manipulation that's occurring to have us engage in a particular way and to do it for profit. So yeah. th- while I, I second the, it would be really nice if we could get to there in how we engage, we're actually being fed and triggered and, and directed towards non-dialogue in certain ways of engaging, yeah. given how the, the tech is occur- how the tech works. Yeah. So what I feel hopeful for, and you know, and I know you've got a membership and there are a lot of people who are starting to find places and spaces where they can create and widen their own community around their work, but also just practice spaces where people can get together and be in practice together, whether it's the practice of dialogue, um, the practice of masterminding and working stuff out on their business of sharing ideas and and all the things that social media was meant for. And I know that there are other platforms that are coming up that may not be driven by these things, but the, this, um, the, the capitalist agenda around the whole thing. And I'm, I'm not, um, anti some aspects of capitalists, but I have this like post capitalism vision where we can interact and be in commerce together and be in ways of sharing our gifts and, and purchasing and, and flowing resources yeah. that isn't based on extraction. And, and these platforms are, yeah. From how they're extracting of their employees to how they're extracting of the the creativity and um and the actual content that you're creating that then is owned to our actual psyches. And it yeah. just feels like real. I mean, I love that you call it a booty booby trap because we go there for something. Yes. We absolutely. go there for something, and that very something, the need for connection, the need for significance, um, the need for a platform in place to uh, pedal our wares and hang our shingle. All yeah. of that is exploited. And I feel for people. It's a really hard time with uh, with pandemic and lockdowns and everybody being ushered into their little silo where they're not allowed to connect with loved ones or go out and make new friends and all that shit. Like it's this is it's a hard moment in time, and I think it's an opportunity for people to also dig deep into their own consciousness and their own soul and figure out what is true and what is right for them and to stand fully in that in their life. And, you know, the thing that most people are lacking is that meaningful purpose, which yes, it comes from connections. This also comes from creative expression. And, you know, if we're truly doing our creative work, we don't need 10,000 people to like our posts to tell we tell us we did a good job. We know in our heart of hearts that what we're doing is good. And, that's that's what we need to get back to is the self-approval instead of the peer approval for what it is that we're choosing to do with our life yeah beautiful you know and i want to build on that and also validate that when you have that when you create you do want it to be seen yes you know being seen and received and recognition and actually feeling ripple and impact is is part of our innate desire as social as a social creature and as social relational creatures, I think one of the things that I would offer is for all of us to question our assumptions about what is really going to meet our needs for significance and being seen and being received. And yeah. I think that that, you know, what, what you just said is like, there's, there's our digging deep and then there's being able to put something out, you know, that feeling of like, I made this, do you like it? Did it continue? Yeah. That's really important. And honestly, it's harder work. So I'll, I'll say this. I believe it's harder work to find the ways to do that genuinely mm-hmm. and intimately Definitely. with true relationships and to cultivate real relationships over time. Uh, same with this pandemic thread, like the other side of this is there are for people who, who have a hard time making friends and that it takes a lot of energy to reach out that there is, you know, fear of, rejection and the work that it takes to cultivate real intimate genuine relationships is real yeah 
Definitely. And I think that's one of the things with um, that can be one of the booby traps with social media is it's relational fast food. So Absolutely. Feel like we're connected and it can feel like we're validated and we get these little, you know, pleasure hormone drug hits with a like yeah. or a comment. But then right after that occurs, there is a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And, and so this deeper work of deeper connections and the deeper work of the vulnerability of putting creativity out there to, to the ones that matter the most yeah, uh, and building from there is vulnerable and it is hard. And over time it yields results. Yes, definitely. It's, it does. And that's like, you know, it was definitely terrifying to leave five years ago. I thought I made a mistake. I felt like I was erased from civilization, you know, leaving like that was, that was all real feelings, but in going through that pain and that fear and that isolation, I found community both online and offline. I built community both online and offline. And, you know, the relationships I have both online and offline are deeper and better than they ever were before this. And, you know, if I hadn't stepped into the void, just like you've just done, I wouldn't know what was on the other side without social media. It wouldn't be something I would know. I would love to hear, well, as you did those things, you know, for, so for those who are listening and are going like, okay, I hear you. Yes. I want that. I want to leave. I want to cultivate those things. I really appreciate that. You said that you had a period where you felt like you made a mistake versus like you left and you were just like, right decision. I'm good. I peeked back in. I, I reactivated my account a couple times. Oh yeah. Okay. Back in. You know, I, I made a post. I made a post on Instagram, maybe eight months ago, reactivated my account, peeked in, made a post and I felt so gross after. I was just like, oh, I, yeah, I don't need Amazing. This. So it was just like, it was a visceral, still feeling glad I made that choice. Because I was like, I was hearing from friends about all the negative shit in the world. And I was just like, maybe I could come bring some positivity, some life, some love over here. And I was just like, no, not my place. Not your place. Not my place to do it. Oh, I love that. So what is it? What did, what did you like? what do I want to ask? I want to ask about like what it took, not necessarily practically, but like in yourself, when you said, well, then I built community and I built relationships on uh, professional and personal online and offline. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different set of skills or muscles than, and social media takes a certain set of skills and muscles that some people come naturally to some and not to others. So for those who are going, oh, well, I want to do that. Yeah. But how, what did that take? Like, what did you bring to the table to, to cultivate those relationships? So for the in-person, I definitely found myself isolated and feeling lonely. You know, I had my wife, we just had a baby. She was, uh, you know, went through a hard time. We went through a hard time as parents do new parents So being isolated and alone didn't help. My loneliness didn't help create unity in our relationship. And so um, I started connecting with other dads, but they were very infrequent connections. And so I started a man venture club on our island and we started getting together every Tuesday and whatever guys would show up to the adventure, we as a group would choose what we did the week after. And it it's been epic. We've been three and a half years. Our local chapters grown to about 30 men, 35 men, mostly dads. We have done the craziest, most epic shit ever. Every Tuesday is just like the best day ever. Um, and so for me, like that has built strong communities. We do work parties for each other. So as a group of men, if somebody needs help, a guy's having a baby, we'll go chop all their wood and we'll stack it for their winter. Or we've done barn raising parties, greenhouse raising parties. We've cleaned people's houses. We've, we've done so many different things. We raised a bunch of money. We did like a pop-up karaoke event in the park one night where we raised money to save old growth forests. Like we've done, we've done lots of stuff. It's been amazing. amazing. And through the act of like getting together and doing stuff as a group of men, the bonds have just been incredible for everybody. And like, 
because I started this thing, it's like all of these other men have found each other as well. So that's been like the in-person thing. Um, and then for the online thing, you know, we, we built our magic media membership and it's a space where, where, you know, people come together to create. And that's been amazing to just have our own private space away from social media, where it's like a focused container where we can just get shit done, have fun, create, be inspired by each other. And same thing, I built uh, an online community version uh, for our Man Venture Club, which is also its app where we post uh, what's the next adventure for this week. And then by Thursday after the adventure, um, a new guy is assigned each week to tell the adventure story of what we did this week. Um, and so during lockdown times, we just did everything outside. So we had some crazy winter storm adventures and all sorts of stuff. It just got us out of our caves and connecting and having fabulous, crazy experiences. <laughs> this is so awesome. And you know what, it, what really struck me as you shared about the hard time immediately after is the importance of the void. Yeah. And, you know, so for folks going, well, oh, I'd love that. I mean, what you just described, the number of people I know who would just love to have that kind of robust, supportive community, yeah. both in person and online around their work is, and then it's like, oh, but I need to go do that. Once I have that, then I can. Like the number of times I think in anywhere yeah. in life, we have like an, if this, then that, if these conditions were in place, then I could stop this thing or start that thing. Yeah. And and it, it's like a real, can be a real, that in itself is a, is a mental booby trap. And so I really want to underscore the importance of the void. Yeah. And like I, when I first left, part of what started to happen is like, just things like, oh, I'm going to the bathroom and I don't have anything to check. I guess I'll sit with my thoughts. Um what you know i'm i'm i if i get on transit or i'm waiting for the fair like i bring a book with me now everywhere i go so if i'm waiting in line i'm reading a book yeah. and so i'm being nourished by ideas in different ways ones that are more digestible and deeper but part of what happened is at first it felt like a relational information cultural fast yeah and and in a way i'm still in that and what it's allowing me to do is it's creating a void where I'm seeing more and more places in my life. First, it's like, oh, I'm really tired. I was like, oh, I need a lot more rest than I've been getting, which I didn't notice when every part of space was filled with some kind of te technology, yeah, and, which was depleting me even more. Yeah. And so the, the importance of, you know, our society has a real go, 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 produce, 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 always be on and always be taking action kind of preference to it. And actually sitting in silence and sitting in the void, whether it's like the void in a lineup yeah. or the void of months of, I feel lonely and I want connection and I'm longing. Like when I hear man ventures, my mind's already going about what I could create locally yeah. that I don't yet have locally, but without having a void for longing and desire and boredom and imagination to have space. Yeah, we can't actually come up with the deeper, truer answers to yeah. what the longing is. Hundred percent. My son's five, and every once in a while, he'll just be like, "Papa, I'm so bored." I'm like, "That's fantastic! That's awesome!" My thirteen-year-old's been hating me saying that his yeah. whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, "That's so great!" Inside of that boredom, you can find something wonderful to do, or you can just sit in that boredom and think about things, and that's great. You don't have to fill that boredom with anything. You can just be bored, and that's totally okay. And I'm not going to try and fix your boredom, buddy. Beautiful, <laughs> so. beautiful. I, you know, and the, I would say too for like especially when we talk about loneliness and social yeah. isolation and even like terror, like what's happening in the world, where's all this going? There's like a lot of other pain in addition to boredom, like boredom can be actually really painful to sit in. Absolutely. Other painful feelings, you know, I, I think social media is often just used as an anesthetic as well. Yeah. And so to be able to actually sit in deeper levels of discomfort that's where we can find our deeper levels of longing, our deeper spaces of self-expression yeah. and, and truer, more satisfying answers to the, the questions that live in us. Yeah. I think as time goes on, um, 
we as people need to be more and more vigilant and protective of of our mind space, our mental and emotional field. And I mean, they call it on social media, the news feed, because it is, you're not choosing what you're putting in your mind. It's all just being fed to you, spoon fed to you. And those algorithms, as well as the people at the top, they could send you whatever news they want to feed you. And if it shows up while you're scrolling, there you go, click Mm -hmm. on it, digest it. You didn't make the choice to put that into your consciousness, but there it is. And I think it's, you know, I think that's why we see so many new meditation apps coming up. So many people are just at the end of what their mind is capable of doing. We weren't built to receive this much information. We've, you know, it's, it's mental psychological warfare taking place right now. It really is. You know, I read an article recently, actually, that was written back in 2019. And it was, it was like, oh, it really struck me on a visceral level of uh, referring to social media as uh, the trauma dome. (laughs) And what it was talking about was the ways in which technology is becoming an extension of our nervous systems as the human nervous system. And social media being an expression of, it it actually creates dysregulation in our individual nervous systems, but is creating a dysregulated collective nervous system Mm. and having people be in reactive trauma responses. All the time. All the time. And, And reading that felt, it's like, oh, I could feel, you know, the number of times you get off a doom scroll or even just doesn't matter. It's like after being fed for a while, how many people leave social media after scrolling for 30 minutes and are like, oh yeah, I feel filled up, nourished, connected, supported, empowered, sovereign, like creatively ready to go. I mean, that just, if it happens for some folks, great, you're in the right place, but it's, yeah. I don't think that's the common it's Usually what the hell just happened? What happened? I what happened to my time? Answer something. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> 30 minutes past, you don't get that back. You don't and get that back. Pretty sure on our deathbeds, we're not going to look back and say, man, if only I scrolled a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, I just wish I could have scrolled longer. Yeah. No, we're not <laughs> going to do that. No. And it's and it's definitely not just the time. It's the actual, you know, we've talked about the psychological impact and, and what happens on our, our attention and our brain. But what happens in the nervous system, like Mm -hmm. how much anxiety gets kicked up, how much FOMO gets kicked up, how, whether it's the content itself or just the, the speed and the pace, Yeah. you know, at the end of the day, one of the big things that I kept seeing when I decided to leave is I kept noticing the ways that I was overriding my body for different things, whether it's, you know, I, I also have a young child. I've got an almost three-year-old and just that alone, just having just the first five years of what happens to your sleep. You're tired. It's having to push through things to show up for him, for my older child, for work. And I just had this, um, I'm an animal. I'm an animal. How, what are the ways in which I'm not actually honoring that that I'm an animal, I'm a mammal, and there are mm-hmm. certain needs as an animal and certain paces as an animal that are more appropriate. Yeah. And the speed of technology and the speed of the input that's coming in creates a different relationship to time where the information isn't digestible. So when we're saying yeah. like, here, have this and digest it, I, well, we, I don't. And I think that this is what a lot of people are experiencing is um, information indigestion. Yeah. It doesn't actually have somewhere to go and to settle and then to inform our behaviors. We're just consuming more and more and more and more and more and more. And, and then, and we're dysregulated because of totally. it. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's wacky. It's wacky. Future generations are going to look at like, that's the point in history where human almost went completely crazy. But yeah. fortunately, I, I think we're going to be able to pull through this. I think there's enough people that are waking up and ready for some other new way to live their lives. And, um, you know, maybe this, this pandemic and in hindsight will be a blessing as a way to bring people out of the social space and realize our need for real heartfelt human connection, fingers crossed. That's what I'm going for. Come on. Micro economies, (laughs) sharing of resources in a a real real way. You know, I've, I've heard, I don't know, but I should probably look up the, if there are stats to support this, but I've heard that younger and younger generations are just uh, not as interested 
and that they're actually seeing and feeling the way that uh, these platforms are are making them feel and and are opting out. So I really I really hope that for you know the upcoming leaders yeah. uh, that are just going to go. You know what? That was a cool experiment you did on our parents, but we don't want to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, and you know. It's, it's weird to say, but people like us who are opting out are kind of pure pioneers in the opting out movement and, uh, you know, proof that life can be happy, fulfilling, creative, inspired, connected. That's, that's the name of the game. And so we get to be proof that there's something more, there's a more beautiful world on the other side of the social media feed and, we just have to keep living that and, and showing people that it is possible. Cause I think the reason most people don't get off, even though they know they want to, or should is because they don't know what's on the other side of the void. And so, you know, the more people that cross that void and show the better way, the, the better it's going to be, the more we can show that, you know, there is life after social media. Yeah. I love that. And you know, the number of people who've just by hearing that I was opting out have written to me and have opted out and then have written to their lists and opted out and are speaking publicly about opting out. It's like there, it does feel like there's a move. I was just like, I'm out. And now I'm going to write a big, long, it was great. Bitching essay about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't have an agenda to have other people do that. And I've been really touched by how many people have been really moved by it and have decided to make the choice themselves. So we're finding other ways. It's already happening. Yeah. So for people who want to, you can find other ways. And there are a lot, there are more and more and more people who are doing that and are like, you know, we're so happy to meet the people who are like, forget this. Where else can we hang out? Where else can we hang out? There's in-person spaces. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Dancing. Yeah, like nature. Nature, you can even in lockdown, you can even in lockdown. Yeah. Go hang in nature. Have a cup of tea in the pouring rain. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Um, any any final bits of advice, words of wisdom, any anything you want to share with the people that are listening and tuning in right now? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that is the the hardest about being human right now in our culture are all of the ways in which the information and messages we get tell us we're wrong and while you and me are both sharing our stories and journeys and and advocating for like yes this is the path the last thing i would ever want to leave somebody with is if social media is a lifeline for them or self-expression or something that's that to, to kick up a kind of doubt that has them turn the doubt inward in a way that they're feeling wrong. Yeah. So what I, what I want to, um, I guess really champion is why I left and why you left is these were really sovereign choices that were deeply aligned with our values and our longings and the way that we wanted to live our lives and that whatever the choices are, above all, that's what I want to champion for people is like soul aligned decision-making values, aligned decision-making and, and building a life that really um, nurtures and grows you, whatever that is. Love that. This is the right path. Yeah. I love that. Cause our values aren't other people's values yeah. and it's up to each individual to, to figure that out for themselves, what their values are and to make choices that align with that. Totally agree. That's a great disclaimer at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, and may people like, so just social media can make us feel like such shit about ourselves. And the last thing I want is for this conversation to make anybody feel like shit about themselves. So like you do you and may, may your you know heart and instincts and soul lead. Yeah, all of that. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for the conversation. This was super inspiring and I'm excited for a round two, like, you know, six months to a year after you leaving, what has shifted? Where have you gone? How's your business model changed? All the things. Cause you know, you're, you're in the void space and you know, you're reconfiguring reality within that void. And so no doubt things are going to be different. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, I, um, I really appreciate your time and the invitation and I look, forward to that. I look forward to part two. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody else out there in listener or watcher land. We'll see you next time.
Thanks for tuning in to today's Making Magic podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review. And if you didn't, remember, treat each other how you want to be treated. I invite you to come check out our Magic Media membership at magicmedia.com. That's M-A-J-I-K media.com. Our affordable, all-inclusive membership offers everything a purpose-driven creator could need to produce your educational content, engaging courses, and thriving online communities. The membership includes all of our premium courses, bi-monthly mastermind group coaching, and an inspiring, supportive community of fun-loving, dedicated entrepreneurs and creators to make magic on the internet with. See you there, and tune in next time.